One of the mistakes that I often see people leaders make is they already write off. They already approach the situation coming from a point of the person that was offended is wrong and being offended. And that's not a good place to come from. Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Hey, can I let you in on a little secret that your team isn't going to tell you? You are not the best communicator that you could be. And they're not going to tell it to you for, to your face, but it may come up in different scenarios or challenges that you experience at work where you're thinking, gosh, I could have handled that a little bit better. Or I wish I knew what the person on the other side of this Zoom was thinking. At Jumpstart, we've got an answer for that. We have our DISC assessment and DISC coaching. So we have a certified DISC coach who can walk you through your results. Uh, I've gone through it myself. The test itself takes maybe 10 to 15 minutes to do, but you'll get an hour of coaching with us to help you unpack your communication style, how that shows up at work, how that shows up at home. I'm telling you, it's, it's a life-changing experience. Uh, one recent person went through it and said, it was like therapy. So if you want therapy that is for the workplace and is likely cheaper than a full-blown therapy process with a counselor and you want to be better at communicating, check out the link in the, the show notes to get to our DISC coaching. I'll read it out to you. It's uh, community.jumpstart-hr.com slash DISC, but just go to the show notes, click the link, go sign up, be a better communicator, and uh, save your colleagues having to go to therapy. All right, let's go into the show. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of While We Were Working. While We Were Working is your place to help you become a better leader of your small business and your team. And I love the fact that we've recently been trending on the Apple podcast charts where we are a top 150 podcasts across all categories of management. That's marketing, that's PR, that's finance, that's leadership, and then there's us. So I want to thank the listeners for making that happen. We don't download every single download. We don't play every single, uh, push the button for every single one that's on the charts. Uh, that's you. So I uh, appreciate you doing that. Uh, I'm Joey Price, founder of Jumpstart and one of the hosts here on the show. As always, joined with Summer Keytron, a consulting practice manager and co-host here on the show. Summer, how's it going? Hey, Joey, it's great. Gosh, that was such a cool update. And, you know, it's wild to me that, you know, just two HR pros chatting about things that we think are interesting in the people leadership space and sharing some of our stories from the trenches has caught, uh, you know, so many followers. But when we first talked about what we were aiming to create, it was something a little different. It was something that's not overproduced, something that's not scripted, really just the idea of, you know, 
recording conversations that we would have if we were around the water cooler and sharing those with, uh, with the listeners. So really stoked about that. And oh my gosh, how is it April already? <laughs> you know, I have no idea. We are uh, getting ready to start the, the march towards Easter. So around my house, it's a lot of chocolate candy and planning Easter egg hunts. Uh, time is, time is flying. Time is flying. Oh my, my, it, it certainly is. And, and we've got an exciting show, uh, for our listeners today. We're going to talk a little bit, um, about this article from HRD, which is, uh, in regards to what Facebook is doing right now to revitalize meta. And then later in our consultants, wait, corner, Summer, are they doing something right now or are they doing it right now? <laughs> I'm just I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, very funny, very funny. Something they're doing in this moment, shall we say? Uh, whether it's right is to be determined. But in the second segment of our show, we're going to talk about a situation that maybe you've encountered at one of your workplaces, and that's highly sensitive workers and the impact that they may have on the company culture. All right. Let's go ahead and get into it. And uh, I'll go ahead and fire up this article here. Uh, speaking of firing. And as you said, this is from HRD. Uh, the author of this article is Matthew Sellers. Um, it says that uh, Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg wants to revitalize Meta and his plan to do that is to fire middle management, reduce costs, get new staff to start in the office. Now, before we jump into this article, um, we've been hearing a ton about tech layoffs. We've been nice, nice mug, Summer. <laughs> it's a little, little jumpstart <laughs> swag. Uh, we've we've been hearing about the tech industry and how layoffs have just been having a domino effect in the industry. And one of the things, one of the stories that has come out of this is really managers saying, like, gosh, for the first time I have to program, or for the first time in a long time, I've got to do something that I don't ordinarily do. And this must be a part of the strategy here of firing middle management, reducing costs, getting new staff to start in the office. So, Summer, could you just share a little bit about what you saw from the uh, article that stood out to you? And maybe what are some of the uh, implications or takeaways that uh, us in the small business community should be paying attention to here? Absolutely. I always pay attention to what some of the household names in terms of business are doing, because I think that a lot of other leaders look to them as a model for what they should be considering or what they should be doing, right? So if you think about whether you're on board or not with what Twitter has been doing, they're a household name and companies are are looking to them for an indication on maybe what they should be considering to do next. And so when I saw this article about Meta, Meta I was really concerned that in absence of talking about it, uh, there may be some companies who take action without 
maybe giving full thought to whether that's the right approach for their organization. I think the heart of this article is that Meta hired too many during the pandemic. They're not alone. A lot of companies, they were really fast to hire. And now with, you know, kind of the shift in the economy are faced with having to downsize. Uh, But from this article, some of the pieces that I took away from it were some quotes from uh, from our friend Mark, flatter is faster and leaner is better. Um, you know, he, he, of course, addressed the economy shift and announced plans to cut over 10,000 jobs through several rounds of layoffs and leaving an additional 5,000 positions unfilled. And that's just staggering. So yeah. I think from a small business standpoint, you know, we've we've said this before, but I, I want to reiterate it is to really be thinking about what alternatives you might have in your in in your business to avoid having to do layoffs. And now, if that means potentially not filling future positions, and that's a viable solution, then certainly that would be the best outcome. Like seeing if you can cut elsewhere. But I think if you were to just take this article and say, okay, well. We're going to take a similar approach. We're just going to start cutting out middle management. That doesn't necessarily work so well if you're a small business, as opposed to, you know, if you're a company like Meta with thousands upon thousands of team members. Right, right. I mean, just the idea of cutting ten thousand jobs. I mean, what is the the scale of that, or what is the percentage of of folks that's remaining? Um, I will call out something though that is alluded to in the in this article about flatter being faster. And I actually uh, see that as one of the um, strong strategic advantages that smaller companies actually have is because when you are a small business, it's likely that you haven't set up such a um, tiered hierarchy or tiered uh, bureaucracy. And so you're able to make decisions faster. You're able to uh, come to a consensus a little faster. So he's he's alluding to it. it you know, small businesses are, are positioned to navigate times like this so long as you are staying top of mind with uh, the changing economic climate and you're um, making the decisions within your organization that are needed to uh, produce outcomes that will keep your company in business. So basically what I hear him saying is, I I wish we were small again. And that does come at the, uh, to the detriment of those team members who are are laid off and we do wish them well as they go and try to find other uh, means of employment. It also has a ramification to the people that are left behind too. And thinking, oh gosh, now we have to, approach work in a way that's different than what we've done before. And so we had a webinar on how to do layoffs effectively. Uh, Kate Bischoff, an attorney, uh, was there along along with you, Summer, to, to, to really run that content. But really, you think about an article like this where jobs are being shed and you have to think about the folks that remain and how you're going to lead them, how you're going to encourage them. How are you going to motivate them? How are you going to check on morale? And uh, it's it's going to be a tough job. It's going to be a tough job for sure. But 
you know, I, I'm sure if, I'm sure Meta will will bounce back. I definitely think that they will. It's a tough time for many companies. And one of the things in this article that definitely stood out to me was Zuckerberg's comment about, you know, engineers who initially joined the company uh, in person and later transitioned to remote work, generally performing better compared to those that started remotely. And while they didn't quantify it in the article, like how they were able to evaluate that. I, I found it fascinating because essentially what they're saying is those that have the ability to interact in person and build relationships in person are, are being measured and that there is this connection to performance. And you know, I struggle with that a little bit because we see all of these companies who have worked remotely, hired remotely, and have had stellar earnings, some breaking records compared to what they've done previously in company history. So there's definitely more to that. I don't think we have enough information to say, you know, this is indeed exactly what prompted this higher level of performance. But I thought it was fascinating that they're starting to look at this and arrive at some conclusions internally while they're looking to make all of these changes. To me, I see it as a way to justify, if you will, a way to get some folks out of the organization that may potentially be a little resistant to coming into the office and in future hiring, setting up new expectations that when they hire again, that there is an in-office component. I think only time will tell, but to me, it feels a little like that's the direction this might be going. Well, Summer, stranger things have happened and, you know, whether we are uh, six months out or six years out from hearing that podcast expose saying, yeah, this was a push to get the worker to return to office, who knows? But I, I think we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it at some point. So let's go ahead and, and uh, transition into our consultants corner because I think this is going to be one that we'll want to spend quite a bit of time on. And this show, uh, we want to put a spotlight on our DISC coaching. At Jumpstart, we uh, find many ways to help you empower the people in your business to uh, grow, to be productive, to uh, establish really great relationships and morale at the office. And part of that is having a shared understanding of uh, your work style and your communication style. So we have a certified DISC coach on our team who will lead your colleagues through a one-hour training uh, where they can understand their DISC score and what it means to them as a professional. Uh, and then also to get the team together and talk through results. So if you're curious about our services, uh, there's a link in the show notes for you to check out. And of course, your purchase helps support our show and helps support our business, uh, but ultimately it helps, it helps support you too. So if you find that you are having issues with uh, communication at work or just for your own uh, growth as a, as a um, person at work, make sure you reach out to us at uh, community.jumpstart-hr.com slash disc. Okay, 
So Consultants Corner, speaking of folks who might be able to improve their communication a little bit, uh, we've got a, a note that came in to us and it says, how do you handle an employee that is often offended and seems to, I love that this was capitalized, find something to be sensitive about. I felt that. I felt that. So this letter must come from a very real place of someone who's experiencing uh, folks who might be a little overly sensitive at work, uh, easily offended at work. So Summer, how do you how do you help this person uh, not be so easily offended? Well, I have to stop and think about, you know, have I been in a similar situation? How was it handled in the past? Did that work? What did I learn from it? Because, you know, when we're dealing with people, it's not a one size fits all solution. And especially when it comes to something that somebody is offended about, there's so many differences among humans that, right, what you may be offended by is something that doesn't bother me in the least bit. And of course, you know, vice versa. So I, you know, I, I always stop and uh, I kind of have a couple of ground rules that when I'm working with companies or even with team members, it almost always comes down to communication. So I love that, you know, the concept of DISC is the sponsor, uh, the, the promo for the show, because Oftentimes, especially now, we're dealing with written communication, which is the easiest thing to misinterpret, right? The message that's being sent is not necessarily the same message that's being received. And something one of my old managers, not old, she's not like old as an old, I got to be careful because we're talking about sensitive stuff. But one of my prior managers, <laughs> whom I, I look up to to this day, she really embraced the concept of most respectful interpretation when we're talking about written communication. And so if I receive something that feels uncomfortable, doesn't feel right, right? I'm sensitive to it, then I should stop and not necessarily read it again in the first tone that was my natural read, but to pause and say, okay, that bothered me based on where I'm at right now, like reading it. So let me reread it with the most respectful interpretation possible that it could have been sent as. So that's number one. And sometimes you see a very different perspective <laughs> when you read it that way. And now it says something entirely different, even though it's the same exact words that were written. Have you ever had that happen, Joey? Yep. Yep. I've got to do it uh, sometimes with work emails. I've got to do it with texts with my wife. There's that famous Key and Peele skit where they're reading the same thing, but they're reading it with different inflection points. And so one person's ticked off and the other one's like super chill about it. So yeah, this, this happens all the time. It's all the time. So imagine if you have a team member or maybe you have a culture that is a little elevated or highly sensitive, 
now these types of interactions can happen more frequently than just every now and then. And if that becomes a regular occurrence, that can be pretty dangerous, right? Because have you ever maybe had a group of friends or maybe not a group of friends, but like somebody that tagged along and it, the vibe just wasn't good. Like you, you said something and maybe their response like kind of shut you down and you yeah. knew, oh gosh, like I can't really be myself. Or maybe you're in a situation where, you know, the term walking on eggshells comes to mind mm -hmm. and you just mm -hmm. feel like you can't really be your own self, even your own self on your best behavior. Yeah. Because you're just so worried that somebody's going to find something and take it the wrong way. And then you're going to feel bad and they're going to feel bad. And that's just a down, like downhill spiral. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and, you know, some, some of us, I wouldn't necessarily say we are characters necessarily, but our personalities might be, you know, so uh, outgoing and then that rubs people the wrong way. And then some personalities may be more um, uh, internal focused, and that may rub people the wrong way. What I would what I would say to uh, the person who wrote this letter, if they're coaching someone on feeling sensitive, I would I would have a a one on one conversation with the person and say, you know, well, hey, I noticed that you get easily offended. Could you tell me what's what's going on, or why why have recent things um, got you to feel offended? And explore that conversation to the depth that it goes. But I think part of people feeling offended is uh, that they don't necessarily feel safe. Uh, and, and go with me here. Um, something I'm basically stealing from a, th a therapist I went to one time, but like. When people feel that they're uh, comfortable, settled, uh, they're not, um, you know, having to audition or perform for their job all the time, they, like they don't feel like their job is on the line with, with everything they do, then there's a sense of peace and security that can come and say, oh, okay, well, even if that did maybe rub me the wrong way, I won't be so offended about that because... I know I'm good here. I know my worth. I know what I bring to the table. And so I, I would have two things like call out the behavior and see if they're aware of it because they may not be aware that they're more sensitive than others. But then also to the degree that you can affirm them, say, hey, like you're a valued player here. Your contributions are awesome. You know, you, you being offended, it does like throw the team off when it happens. But I need you to know that you don't have to be that way because we accept you for who you are and, and you're valued here. So um, I would kind of just take it on both sides to call out the behavior, but also aff affirm the person. Yes. I, I love that you mentioned one of the, one of the key pieces to being able to address this, and that is what I call seeking to understand. It's having the conversation to understand. And, and one of the mistakes that I often see people leaders make is they already write off. They already approach the situation coming from a point of the person that was offended is wrong and being offended. And that's 
not a good place to come from. Come from a place of curiosity. Remember, most respectful interpretations seek to understand why, what is it that, you know, that has prompted you to feel this way. And of course, choosing your words carefully, right? Because you don't want to say something else that's then going to, you know, cause that downhill spiral. You know, we talked about DISC earlier and the challenges with written communication. Um, so using the proper communication channels, these are always better to be voice-to-voice, person-to-person conversations to eliminate those additional barriers that can create further problems. And when you get down to it, I like to try to find ways to identify what's causing this pain point and come up with reasonable, viable solutions if possible. So asking the team member, you know, how would you like to have seen this done differently if possible? Because then if it's just a small adjustment that we can make, then cool, let's make it. And then everybody wins and we don't encounter it again. But I think what it sounds like this um, this question is coming from is maybe that place where they are walking on eggshells and they feel like, gosh, like I, I don't even feel like I can like do anything without worrying what's going to happen, even if that was never my intent. And I think it it does come down to having that heart-to-heart conversation with the team member and maybe even approaching it from that place of self-development, like helping that team member identify um, their communication skills, how to better handle conflict, maybe working on some of those insecurities, right, that you were talking about, Joey. I think there's definitely much more to it. And sometimes, you know, we, we try to make, we try to make these like simple, but when you're dealing with people and being sensitive, they're not simple. So they can definitely be more complex, but I think these are some key tips that our listeners can start with if they find themselves in a situation because uh, sensitive workers can definitely create a culture that can not be pleasurable to work in if you know there's that one person that everybody is like trying to steer clear of and as a whole acting you know the the team acts differently because they're so worried that they're going to have you know a a negative interaction with one or more people yeah yeah and and this is the sort of behavior that you want to uh alleviate uh kind of like tending to a garden right it's springtime so kind of like identifying a, a behavior that might be more of a weed than than uh something good because you know if you're, if you're having a conversation with this individual you you really do want to point out like hey there could be so much more to your enjoyment at work but mm-hmm. this behavior or the way that you respond to things is actually getting in the way of you being fulfilled at work. Mm-hmm. And not only is it getting in the way of you being fulfilled at work, but it could also be getting in the way of them being able to, um, you know, climb the ranks of, of leadership in an organization if, mm-hmm. if that's even, you know, an opportunity at the, at the organization. So, you know, <laughs> In in business, just as with any other interpersonal relationships, sometimes things are going to move so fast. Uh, you'll have to pivot. You'll have to change. Um, you can't always butter up how you're going to say something. 
And I do, I love what you said, Summer, about reading it in the the most respectful way possible or interpreting it in the most respectful way possible. If you can just understand or believe that your colleagues have your back and they're kind of just all in this together, hopefully that helps alleviate some of the that behavior. But the last thing I'll say about this, though, is um, if you don't feel comfortable having that conversation one-on-one, then I would say bring in a colleague that you know this person trusts, a person that you know this colleague is like their BFFs, their workplace best friends, is someone that maybe that person even um, confides in or talks to, and just so that they're in the room for support as you're having that conversation so that um, it doesn't blow up and become a big thing. Yeah, these can definitely be difficult conversations to navigate. And I find that some companies avoid them just because of the uncomfortableness with them. But I love the analogy that you talked about weeds in the garden. And just like weeds in a garden, if you don't address them, then before you know it, all you will have is a garden full of weeds. And then that's a much bigger problem to tackle. So um really love talking about these topics. I think that they are things that uh, many of our listeners have encountered and maybe are uncertain how to address or tackle. And hopefully we've given them some great tips to help move them forward in the future. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So so this is uh, the end of our episode here, but it's always a pleasure chatting with you, Summer. And um, I mean... Again, thanks to our audience for helping us kind of climb the charts on the podcast rankings. That lets us know that you value these conversations that we're having and that they're having an impact uh, in you personally or professionally. So we love that and we'd love to hear about it even more. So feel free to leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your content. Uh, We do check those often and share them amongst the team. But uh, yeah, until. Uh, we meet again. Have a great week and go ahead and check out recent episodes that we've done either on our website or wherever you get your podcast. So happy Easter and see you next week. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights, check out whilewewerworking.com. We'll